We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to welcome on a special guest to help me preview this game, Jake Ellenbogen. He is the host of the Off Edge Show, CEO of Downtown Rams, host of Believe in Rams, and also a writer for Turf Show Times. Jake, welcome onto the show, my friend. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing, Cody? Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. I'm doing well. You know, we were talking off air. Feeling pretty good about the Colts right now, sitting at two and one on top of the division. I tell you, man, the last couple of years have not been used to this. Typically, the Colts have come off to these really poor starts. So it's very refreshing to have the Colts, you know, sitting where they're sitting right now and, you know, off a kind of a two game uh, away schedule there and now have four of their next five at home. Definitely feeling good about that. So uh, feeling good overall, man. And also feels good that the Colts are actually going to, you know, potentially probably get back their starting franchise quarterback, which is definitely a good, good sign. Absolutely. Uh, big Anthony Richardson fan here. Uh, I believe he's got an astronomically high ceiling to the point where I was saying, you got your Patrick Mahomes up there. I wouldn't be surprised if someday we're talking about Anthony Richardson as that like, okay, he's a step above everybody else. Just when you watch him play the game, um, the little things that he can't do right now or not do as well as others, he's going to figure out he's got a great coach to figure that out and Steichen. And I'm not at all worried about his development and the things that we've seen. Um, albeit he hasn't, you know, made it through all the games or anything like that. But just what I've seen is that this guy can, can last in the NFL. Well, yeah, the big thing is for him, he, at least so far through three weeks, he just needs to protect himself better. That's kind of the biggest thing for him. You know, yeah. suffered that concussion in week number two against Houston, you know, was dynamic. You know, two rushing touchdowns in the first quarter. You're like, oh, man, could he have, you know, a historic day as a rookie just with what he's able to do, you know, on the ground and also obviously with his arm. But, yeah, he's got to protect himself. But definitely great to see that he and Ryan Kelly are coming back. Um, you know, in this game, which is which is great to see, especially because, you know, we're facing one of the best, if not the best interior defensive lineman of all time. So uh, really excited for that matchup. And so uh, but before we kind of get into some of the matchups, man, curious your thoughts on the Rams so far through three weeks, because one and two, 
I know there's been some games that, you know, and you talked off air, even the Monday night game where the Rams were in it for the majority of the game and just ultimately couldn't finish out. So how do you feel about the Rams so far through three weeks? Season's still very early, so the Rams have a lot of opportunities still, but uh, not a great season for them last year. So how do you feel now that you have, obviously, Matthew Stafford back and a lot of pieces right now um, on your offense and defense? How are you feeling about the Rams through three weeks? Yeah, Cody, I'll tell you. I mean, I could sit here and say they should be 3-0. and I don't think that's the case. I do think your record represents who you are. Um, if you want to make that case, I'd say 2-1 and one is fair. But the Rams had every opportunity to win Monday Night Football. Um, I think at this point, Cody, all I'm... All I want to see is them not play on primetime ever again, uh, because it just seems like McVay gets into this tunnel vision where, um, you know, if you didn't see the Seattle game, that was what we want the offense to look like. And that did not have Cooper Cup. So, you know, you see they ran the ball 40 times. They threw it 38 to two at 119 yards through the air. Um, you know, Puka Nakua, 119 yards. And so that's some good stuff right there. But then, you know, week two, Sean McVay in one possession games has never run it fewer times than he has the last two games in one possession games with 14 and 10 back to back. So I think really going into this season, while there was definitely a heavy emphasis on protecting the quarterback, because obviously last year, um, there was also a huge emphasis Let's go out. Let's get Mike LaFleur. Let's get a new body in the building, a new mind, and let's get us running the football and balancing out our offense. And so McVay did that extremely well week one, but I've seen back-to-back games now when things don't go, you know, they, they don't stay going your way the whole game like Seattle. Um, then, you know, he gets a little panicky. And so I think the Colts have a huge opportunity in this one with the defense that they have, you know, Hey, if, if you don't want to run the ball, I mean, we got some ballers that can come after Stafford that can hunt the quarterback, but we also have some guys in the secondary, um, that you have to be aware of. And, you know, we talked about off air Juju Brents, you know, the, the young corner, um, you know, and I just, I think especially like Julian Blackman and guys like that in the back end of the secondary, you know, Stafford, he's not an interception prone quarterback because he makes poor decisions. But when you're constantly throwing the ball, you're giving the defense more opportunities. So it's not from the aspect of, you know, a Desmond Ritter who has eight turnover plays this year and he's thrown the ball way less than Stafford. That doesn't look good. It's more so, you know, Stafford throws it so much that those turnover plays turnover worthy plays, if you will, they can be at two, they can be at three, but when you're throwing the thing constantly, sometimes you're going to have plays where it's a turnover. It's not your fault. Tipped at the line of scrimmage, easily telegraphed. And I think that's kind of what the Rams did on Monday night football is that Luana Rumo gave these guys a a pre-snap look repeatedly making it look like, okay, you know, daring them to throw the football. Even Mike LaFleur came out and said that. And so they checked out of a lot of runs. And so I don't think they can be doing that moving forward. I think they got to balance it out because keep in mind, they've had, they've been banged up a little bit. Excuse me. They nearly choked on nothing. Um, They've been banged up a little bit coming into this season. Like left tackle goes down last week. Um, 
you know, you look at no booms gone down back to back weeks, the right guard. So to alleviate that, they should be running the ball, but it's been kind of all over the place. So we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to expect because you think, uh, you know, they're, they're moving forward and looking good through two. And then that third game, there were moments where you're like, Oh, I like the way they're driving the ball, but you know, they kind of went away from what has been working and why they were the number one uh, offense in the red zone going into that game, why they were the number one third down uh, conversion offense going in that game. And they kind of, I mean, you saw they had like one third down conversion. It came very late in the game. So I think the Rams, you know, they bring a lot to the table. They're going to be a pain to deal with if as long as Sean McVay is calling it a good game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Game plan. You mentioned some of the injuries. I want to just kind of get to that and touch on that briefly. Uh, I haven't seen, at least as as we're recording this, Thursday's practice report, but Wednesday's practice report, a couple of players did not practice. Tyler Higby, Alaric Johnson, the tackle, um, and a couple guys, and also Ben Skoranek as well with an Achilles. Got a couple guys, limited Joe Noteboom, uh, offensive lineman, and then Puka Nakua. How do you feel about the Rams injuries and kind of who do you kind of think in this game maybe has a chance to go and who do you think potentially is going to sit out of this one? I think the only one who's sitting out for sure is Cooper cup. Cause he's on IR. Um, I think the injury report this year has just been very like they w- they don't want to get fined. You know, everything was Stafford last year, you know, people saying, Oh, he's hurt. And then it's, he's not on the injury report. You're just not trying to get fined. So I think anything is getting put on there. Um, that's not to say that these guys aren't banged up, but I think it's more banged up, uh, bumped and bruise type deal and less about pure injuries. Um, like less need filled in on the Sean McVay show and just flat out said, look, you know, we feel good about Alaric Jackson that he's going to be ready to go, um, you know, for Sunday. So, I mean, that's him saying it. He's the GM. I like it. You know, they got good news on that. So, um, you know, I think they've stayed relatively healthy, you know, through three games. Obviously, you're going to have those bumps in the road. Um, they need to get more stability on the offensive line because it, it, if they keep having guys go down, that's going to be a problem. But aside from that, they've been relatively healthy. 
Gotcha. Yeah, Indianapolis has been relatively healthy as well. You know, really the big injuries I talked about, Anthony Richardson, Ryan Kelly, who both practice back-to-back days now, probably will clear concussion protocol and probably will play in this game. So both these teams come in to this game pretty healthy, which is definitely great to see. You always hope that, you know, it can have strength on strength there. Um, but looking at kind of this Rams offense, you mentioned it a little bit, trying to find that balance between the passing game and the running game. You guys come in right now, top 10 in yards. Um, you come in pretty well in terms of passing the football, fourth overall in yards. The touchdowns are a little bit lacking, I would say, in terms of passing touchdowns. But um, how do you feel about overall this matchup with, uh, with Matthew Stafford in this passing offense versus this Indianapolis defense that, you know, talk about defensive line. You mentioned, you know, some of those guys already. DeForest Buckner in the middle. We know what a force he can be. You obviously know him extremely well from his time in San Francisco. Samson Mebukam, who was on your guys' roster a number of years ago as well, and also with the 49ers last year. Quiddy Pay, you know, a lot of these guys. And then you mentioned Juju Brents as well, who really had a phenomenal game in his rookie debut. So how do you feel about the Rams' chances in this game with some of those young weapons and what they're able to do, um, potentially matching up against this Colts' young secondary? Yeah, well, I think, you know, obviously the older I, – I believe he is the oldest quarterback in the league active now with Rodgers on the pine. But, um, you know, Matthew Stafford – seeing every coverage in the book, seeing every type of corner. I think he's going to, you know, try some things out, test that young secondary. Um, Brent's is coming off a great game uh, against the, you know, the Ravens. Um, And I thought Lamar played well. Like I thought Lamar has, you know, become somebody who can really throw in the pocket now, but he's not Stafford in the pocket. Um, And so I do think that there could be, you know, you talk about your peaks and valleys as a rookie. You talk about, um, you know, your growing pains. I think this could be one of those games where Stafford, you know, kind of tests him out. I also think the thing the Rams do extremely well is when they want to throw, they're having these guys motion. And what they're doing with Tutu Atwell is getting historically low numbers in press coverage. I mean, it's insane. No one can press at well. It's so hard because what you do is you take what Mike McDaniel's doing in Miami with Tyree Kill, you emulate that, see how it can work best to fit your offense and fit your script. And then you see Atwell and, you know, he can line up everywhere. And I think that was really kind of the cheat code here for the Rams is that while Cooper Cup is out, Tutu Atwell's eating, you know, while Cooper Cup's out, Puka Nakua is eating. And so Van Jefferson has one big catch that we had on Monday Night Football that we saw. But aside from that, you know, he hasn't really done a lot. You know, Tyler Higby started getting going last week. So I think obviously the hope is that Cooper Cup is back for them week five. But this is the last, you know, this is the last chance essentially to get these targets. And I think these guys are going to be chomping at the bit. I think Stafford's going to want to throw it. But I also think that, Putting that much tape out there of them throwing the ball when it was a one possession game, almost the entire game, they led almost half the game, more than half the game, and they weren't running the football. I wouldn't be surprised if they come out running the football um, and maybe try to take the Colts a little bit off guard. Not saying that they wouldn't be, you know, not like not expecting it, but 
I mean, I'll be honest with you. If I was going against a Sean McVay offense right now, I wouldn't be expecting the run at all. So uh, we'll see what happens. Kyron Williams going into last week was uh, leading the league in, uh, you know, for running backs with touchdowns uh, from scrimmage with four uh, going into the week. Of course, obviously, both the, um, you know, both the the Miami Dolphins running backs uh, definitely tied that or if then some. Um but I think Kyron is, is going to be a huge X factor in this game. We were expecting a big performance, you know, out of him against Cincinnati. And that just didn't happen. They only gave it to him 10 times for 36 yards. So I think they'll try to kind of reestablish that run or they won't. And it's going to be backyard football and they'll try to win it, you know, just throwing the ball. Yeah. Well, that was something also, you know, in that game, with some of the offensive line injuries, you know, Cincinnati was able to do a lot in terms of getting pressure on Matthew Stafford. Six times he got sacked in that game. And Indianapolis, I felt like, did a really good job on Lamar Jackson. You know, there was a couple plays in particular where they were able to contain him. You know, it's hard to contain Lamar as it is. And there was a couple plays where I'm like, that probably should have been the sack if it was any other quarterback. But because of Lamar, because of his ability, he gets out of that and, you know, rushes, you know, makes turns it into a first down or throws it away, or whatever it is. How do you feel about this Indianapolis defense that sacked Lamar four times, is tied for number two right now in the league with sacks, against your offensive line, who kind of struggled against Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, I'm not feeling great, I'll be honest with you. Um, I think, you know, we talked about this off-air. This game went from being probably a surefire W before the season for Rams fans I'm not saying that's how it was going to go, but a lot of Rams fans felt that way to now. It's like this Colts team is going to be a little bit of a, a trap here. If you, if you get caught looking ahead at the big game against Philadelphia at SoFi. And so these two teams have had some interesting little beef with each other. You had obviously the, the fans were very upset. Uh, Carson Wentz gets knocked out uh, the last time these two play. Um, and uh, Jake, Eason, Jacob Eason threw a pick to uh, Jalen Ramsey to seal it. And of course, you know, the big thing was, well, we think Carson Wentz could have gone down the field and probably won the game. So you knocked our quarterback out. Um, I remember going back a little ways when these two played and it was, uh, it was Chuck Pagano. And uh, they asked him like, who are you most fearing on the Rams side? And he didn't say Aaron Donald. He didn't say Johnny Hecker, kind of a joke. Bill Belichick always says Johnny Hecker, but uh, no, he said Tavon Austin. And I'll never forget the media laughing at him, just straight up laughing like Tavon Austin. Really? And he had three touchdowns in that game. So there's always been some weird thing going on. uh, And, and I think, I'm probably forgetting one where they did recently play, but um, it should be interesting because I think when you look on the offensive side of the ball, you know, for the Colts, this is where it gets to be fascinating. The Rams defense is actually the better unit right now. And that's not something that I expected or anyone expected to be talking about. When you look at a Keller Witherspoon averaging, uh, you know, what, what is it? He's given up, 22 is the the passer rating when targeted. Joe Burrow had a three passer rating when targeting Akella Witherspoon's side of the field. Um, he's been magnificent. Darion Kendrick's been really good, albeit he had three uh, penalties in the 49er game. So 
I look at them and what they've done this secondary going up against Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase. And I'm like, this is, this is legit. This is not a fluke. And Raheem Morris has done wonders. And just think about this. Their pass rush. Isn't that great. You've gotten some great contributions, obviously, out of Aaron Donald. You've gotten some great contributions out of two rookies and Byron Young on the edge and Kobe Turner interior, but they have a pure liability on the other side uh, in Michael Hoyt, who is a 310 six foot uh, defensive lineman playing edge. And they have him dropping more in coverage than any other edge defender in the entire NFL for God knows why. So, now you factor that in factor the fact they they're not generating say the pressures that a Colts defense is. And it really goes to show you how good this secondary has been. So I look at them against Alec Pierce, who I'm very high on uh, long-term, maybe not right now, but long-term, I think he's going to blossom. Michael Pittman jr. Is an absolute stud. Okay. You have Isaiah McKenzie, and Josh Downs. You might have another guy, but those are the four that I believe, uh, you know, you use the most. Um, so those are the receivers. And I'm thinking Josh Downs in the slot could be kind of, if you're looking for any type of X factor, it's Josh Downs going up against Jacoby Durant. Durant has not looked great. And it's a, it's a shame because Durant looked awesome last year. I don't know if it's because he's playing the slot. I don't know, but he has not been great. He's given up, I believe, the fourth most uh, receptions out of the slot in the league. And so I look at Josh Downs. This could be that game. He had the rapport from, you know, training camp with Anthony Richardson. This could be his type of game where he needs to go off. And we saw it like as great as this secondary has looked. They're not afraid to give up yards. They play bend don't break style with some controlled aggression in there. And we saw it. Jamar Chase had over 140 yards receiving, and they only scored 19 points. So Raheem Morris's defense is okay letting you go off, but I think they would much rather Josh Downs do that than a guy like Michael Pittman with the explosives and Alec Pierce with the explosives. And it's not to say that Josh Downs can't have those explosives, but coming out of the slot, I think that's where they're, they're best uh, to target the Rams. And then I think you look at the tight ends, and I'm a big fan of Kylan Granson. Um, I, I don't think people talk about him enough. Uh, I really liked him coming out of college. It was one of my favorite tight ends in that draft. I believe it was 2021. They all kind of, you know, blend in now. But uh, I think Granson is kind of an X factor in this one, too. Um, tight ends haven't killed the Rams, right? But we did get, you know, J George Kittle had some moments. Um, you know, Fant got open a little bit late in the game. And then you talk about last week, Tanner Hudson comes off the practice squad and, you know, he makes a huge catch over the middle that kind of sets them up to kick that field goal right before half. So, I mean, I'm just saying like Kylan Granson had his touchdown. Everyone made a mockery of him because he was celebrating it the only way he wanted to celebrate it. But uh wouldn't be surprised if he found the end zone in this one. Yeah. One thing that I think, as I was doing some research into this Rams defense, you know, you look at them just from a pure stats standpoint when it comes to um, the running game. Um, so in the running game right now, the Rams in total are 13th against the run. 
But here's where the big drop-off comes for me, Jake, is the Rams when it comes to yards per attempt. And I don't know why, you know, what the discrepancy is if teams just aren't running it on the Rams, but 24th in yards per attempt allowed, right? Four and a, nearly four and a half yards per carry allowed. And I look at a player like Zach Moss, who I think potentially you talk about X-Factors, I think he's going to be a big X factor in this game because he's been back-to-back games now where he has just been, you know, he's not he's not the Jonathan Taylor break at 60 yards, but he's a guy that's consistently going to get yards. You know, it's funny. It's like the Rams are allowing 4.5. Zach Moss is averaging like 4.4. So it's kind of crazy how that works. Um, but, you know, I, I think about Zach Moss in this game. You know, and just the he's been the guy that's gotten a lion's share of the carries so far. And then you add in the other factor, like like with Lamar Jackson, if Anthony Richardson, his legs and what he's able to do, if he can protect himself, of course, which we talked about. How do you feel about facing this Colts offense? Because, you know, with the running game, you know, Anthony Richardson in the games he's played, him and Zach Moss really haven't played together yet you know, to start the season because Zach Moss was not active week number one. He's active week number two. Richardson had like two or three drives with Zach Moss. So how do you feel about this game, the Colts running game, and what they could potentially do trying to establish that line of scrimmage now having a healthy offensive line as well? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Well, what I'm wondering is if the Colts are going to tell, you know, Anthony Richardson to calm it down on the running a little bit now that Moss is back. I think a lot of that before, um, I mean, Deion Jackson is on the team anymore. And and there's a reason, you know. So I I think they really had no choice. And I I don't think they'd come out and say it, but I'm sure they kind of feel a little guilty, you know, that Anthony Richardson got hurt. Like, hey, you have to do this because we don't have a run game, you know. Now, you know, fast forward and they have now two guys who I'm very high on, uh, Zach Moss and Trey Sermon, who I don't think, you know, people forgot about Trey Sermon, but I think the guy can play in this league. And those are two guys that can run with power. They also have some decent speed. I mean, Moss isn't a burner or anything like that, but I mean, Sermon ran like a four or five, you know, he's not a slow guy by any stretch, but um, no, you make a really good point because another thing is that teams often do against the Rams. And we saw this like Christian McCaffrey to be fair to the Rams defense, Christian McCaffrey had that one huge explosive run after that. He averaged 3.6 yards per carry after that. So like they did have him bottled up. They only ran it 20 times with him though. They ran it more. Well, they didn't run more with Debo, but they used Debo more. Um, you look at, uh, Kenny, uh, Kenny Walker over in Seattle. My biggest thing with the Rams is that 
going into the Bengals game, I was like, you need to take advantage of the fact that this defense has shown the ability to give up some chunk plays in the run game. And simply put, the Seattle game, they shut them down so badly that Seattle ends up abandoning the run. And Walker's over 5.5 yards per carry in that game when they abandon the run. And so then you look at you know week two and you're like, they start using Christian McCaffrey more in the receiving game. Elijah Mitchell didn't even get a snap in that game. So they're not really running the ball in that one. And then this third one here against the Bengals, I don't know what they were doing to start because Joe Burrow on his bum uh, calf is going back to pass like 35 times. You can't have that many dropbacks, but eventually as the game wore on, they started running it more with Mixon. Now, I will say we saw some <clears throat> some serious uh, you know, push to stop the run. They gave up the touchdown that kind of changed the game, but I was really impressed with the Rams' defense, the way they kind of shut down Mixon, held him to under three, I think it was 3.4 yards per carry. So it it's interesting, but I think the thing here is that with the run game, it's so disrespected in the modern NFL. What people don't understand is I don't care if you're Matt Asiata running 30 times for 60 yards and averaging two yards per carry like he used to do all the time. Here's the thing. That still wears down a defense. So I'm I'm looking at Zach Moss, and if they want to run 30 times, I mean, that means that they they were literally on the field enough to give 30 carries to a running back. And that tells me that that's probably going to be a deciding factor. If Zach Moss runs it 30 plus times, he's either really poor in this game or they, they just easily are going to put this game out of reach because, you know, you can't allow that. And the thing is, the Colts have stuck with that and they stuck with it against the Ravens. They didn't panic. They stuck with the run. And that's why they ultimately won the game because they wore out the they wore out the Ravens. I mean, let's be honest. You know, it, it didn't have to be a ton. They didn't go down the field and score a game-winning touchdown in OT. They just needed a field goal, but it was just enough. And so, that's the name of the game with the NFL. It needs to be just enough. And I think, you know, Zach Moss being a more you know punishing back, more powerful back. And let's be honest here, that catch the other day, the the back shoulder fade. I mean, this guy. He's, he's a talented player. I didn't see it in Buffalo at all. Uh, I really liked him coming out. I think it was Utah, um, but I didn't see it in Buffalo. And then he goes to Indy and now I see it. Like, I think he could be a really good running back in this league. Um, it's probably why he's not Jonathan Taylor, but it's probably why they're balking at the idea of paying Jonathan Taylor. Cause they're like, I mean, we take that dynamic hit, but we have a dynamic player in Anthony Richardson. And I mean, Zach Moss is fine, you know? So that might be honestly, you know, more of the truth than we realize. But yeah, to your point, I mean, I think Zach Moss, yeah, he can absolutely be an X factor in this one. Um, Trey Sermon can too, because if Zach Moss does get banged up, I think that's been his biggest issue. He's had injuries going back to college. If he does get banged up, you still have a Trey Sermon kind of built like that, that can withstand the punishment, can run with that, you know, bully mentality. Um, and he's got some sneaky speed where if he gets in the second level, now he's as big as the guys who are trying to tackle, if not bigger. So I do think that they have some stuff here. Um, I'm not high on Jake Funk, so I, I know he was on the Rams, but I don't really have anything like 
great to say about him. I just, he's just kind of a guy in my opinion. Um, but when I look at those two guys, I do think in the backfield, Trey finally got a chance. Um, you know, he ran a little bit and, uh, I, expect that to continue because if you're going to try to run it 28 times a game with Zach Moss, you also have to, you know, keep him healthy. If you will, I think the best way is to, you know, you want to run 40 times, run it 12 times with, uh, with Trey. Yeah, exactly. Well, man, I'm curious about your special teams. I mean, you know, our kicker extremely well, Matt Gay, I'm sure you're a little bit upset that the Rams didn't bring him back considering, you know, that he just broke that record of 50 plus yard field goals. But um, talk to me about your guys' special teams and, you know, how have you felt about the Rams special teams through three weeks? It's kind of a mixed bag. I think they're doing, you know, everything they can. Um, the punter's great. You know, Ethan Evans, who they got in, I think, the sixth round. Great. I really like what we've what we've seen out of uh, Maher. Although, yes, I would rather have Matt Gay, the guy they don't win the Super Bowl without him, let's be honest. But uh they don't even get there without him. Um but return game pretty, you know, lackluster. And then I think the coverage team I think the issue is the punter is so like Evans has such a leg, and you're gonna see this on Sunday. He's probably gonna boot it over one of your, you know, punt returners' heads. The problem is if your punt returner gets in good position, actually catch it. He's going to have 40 yards in front of him because he outkicks the coverage on the daily, essentially. And so that's the thing that is a little concerning. Um, but I think that the special teams has been fine. You know, I don't think it's it's not a super liability. I think it's just kind of it's a mixed bag. Like there's some good, there's some bad, but I'm probably being picky through three games. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Jake, last thing uh, we have for you today, we always like to have a score prediction uh, ahead of this game. And since you are the guest on the podcast, want to give you the opportunity, the first crack at the score in this matchup. What's the score and who do you have winning in this game? Yeah. So I'm going to pick the Rams in this one. I do think they bounce back. They go two and two head back to SoFi with a chance to knock off the NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles, but it's not going to be an easy one. And so the reason I say that is because I do think the Rams at the beginning of the game might even get off to kind of a lackluster start. They're on a, uh, albeit it's not a super short week. It's only by one day, uh, but that one day can make all the difference. And I do think it'll cause them to be a little lackluster coming out. I'm sure you'll have Rams fans freaking out, calling the season over. Um, but I think in the second half, Sean McVay, who has you know, coached in two Super Bowls uh, and has a lot of experience versus Steichen, the rookie head coach. Uh, he's going to outcoach him in the second half. And I think the Rams will pull away uh, with a 27 20 uh, win. Gotcha. I have to pick Indianapolis because I actually have not picked them at all. Well, maybe the Houston game, but I haven't picked them in the two games where I would say I feel like it's going to be a competitive game. So I have to give them credit. I have to pick them in this game. You know, also, you mentioned the Rams coming off a short week. I do think that is in Indianapolis's favor. You know, they've been able to have an extra day of recovery, an extra day of practice. And the Rams going from Cincinnati back to L.A., back to the West Coast or back to the East Coast. It's just, it, yeah, it's just it's a lot there. So I'm going to I think it's going to be a decently high scoring game in this matchup. Um, I'm going to go 24 to 20 Indianapolis in this game, but I do think it ultimately will come down to one possession. I think it will be one of those games where it does come down to who does have the ball, you know, who does control the clock because, 
you know, both these teams can run the ball. Both these teams can establish that. It's ultimately going to come down to, I think the trenches are going to be a big one in this game for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I think, I think we'll probably see Stafford will throw the ball a little bit more uh, as far as touchdowns are concerned. I think we'll see more touchdowns from Stafford. I think he only has two on the season, four picks, which it, it's frustrating because it doesn't really represent how well he's playing. And I think I, I want to put that out there because it's very easy to say, oh, he's got four interceptions. Only one of them, as I've watched, is really, I would say, his fault. Um, you know, the other two, one was tipped off of his own running back. He just, you know, he dropped it. And then the other one was tipped at the line of scrimmage where the guy just made a hell of a play, which it's nothing you could do there. But I think he's going to throw it for some touchdowns in this one. I think they'll get the run game going again with Kyron Williams. Maybe there's some optimism there. I don't know. But um, but I think the defense is going to be the highlight in this one once again down the stretch. I think you're going to see Akella Witherspoon uh, lock down Michael Pittman. Um, and, and I think that is going to be really the key to winning this game. Because obviously we know what Michael Pittman can do. Um, but I think Akello once again will be up for the challenge based on what he's done against who he's gone up against. Awesome. Well, Jake, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really do appreciate it. Uh, good luck on Sunday. But we always tell our guests not too much luck because we're <laughs> Colts win here. But seriously, man, thank you so much. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, find your work, and all the stuff you do over there? Yeah, absolutely, Cody. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, sorry I'm not like, kind of under the weather a little bit if you couldn't tell like I don't know why but uh, appreciate you having me um, you can find me at JK Bogan on all my social media accounts but on Twitter uh, specifically in my bio you can uh, find the link the link tree link and if you want to follow me on any of that type of stuff or uh, check out anything that I'm working on it's all going to be right there Awesome. Be sure to go check that out, guys. Again, thank you, Jake. Really appreciate it. And thank you guys for tuning in. Um, if you are new to the channel or if you're still here checking us out, be sure to hit the like button. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to turn on that notification bell so that you are in the loop when we drop new content just like this. That'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.